Now, I don't know that I've ever done what I'm going to do today. If I've ever done it on the radio, I don't remember it. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I was saved and how it come about. Now, Jesus, Nicodemus went to Jesus by night. Now, he went voluntary. He heard about Jesus, and he wanted to know more about him, so he went to him by night. Now, I'm sorry, and God knows I'm not bragging about my wickedness. I wish I could forget it. God has. I wish I could, but I can't. I'm finite. God's infinite. I remember my wickedness, and I was a very wicked young man. At the age of five, I started stealing cigarettes out of my daddy's store, and I started smoking at the age of five. When God called me to preach, I quit smoking. I smoked from the age of five until I was twenty and a half years old. And when God called me to preach, I laid down my cigarettes. Now, I started smoking when I was five. Now, I'm telling you all this to show you how the devil had me wrapped up lock, stock, and barrel. I started stealing tobacco out of my daddy's store when I was a child, five years old. And my dad, the worst whipping that he ever gave me in my life, he gave it to me for stealing cigarettes. And so, now, I didn't quit smoking cigarettes to get saved. I quit because I was saved and God called me to preach. That's why I quit. I felt like that uh, I should, as a minister, I should lay them down and my testimony would go further. And I felt in my heart it was God's will, so I did. Now then, I'm saying all this to help you. Now listen, at the age of nine, I took my first drink of liquor. The age of 13, I was getting drunk, and I was riding in the automobile with a seasoned bootlegger at night hauling liquor. Now, at the age of 13 and a half, my dad uh, took out the papers and uh, fixed up the papers to put me in the reformatory, and my sister, who came to my bedside for 10 years and bowed down and prayed for me, and I'd lie in bed and smoke and, and swear while she prayed, uh, she kept coming back for 10 years, and she begged my dad not to put me in the reform school or in the reformatory. She said, if you do, it'll be the end of him. He'll go to hell just as sure as you do it, because if he gets in there, uh, he'll never forgive you. He'll never forgive us. He'll go bad, sure. So she begged and begged and begged, and I'll never forget. My dad took me that night out on a lonely road. I'll never forget it. And my old daddy broke down and wept and bawled and squalled. And he said, Oliver, you've broken my heart. And, uh, of course, my dad wasn't saved. He was saved after I was. He wasn't converted. He's one of the best daddies that any boy ever had, but he wasn't saved. He'd do anything in the world for his family. And you wouldn't find a better man on the face of the earth morally. Never heard my dad curse. Never heard him take God's name vain. Never smelt liquor on his breath in my life. But he wasn't saved. So he took me out on a lonely road, and he, he talked to me, and he agonized with me, and he wept like a baby. Well, I went in the community and joined the church. Now, I, that's terrible, but I did. I wanted to fool my daddy and fool my family. I thought I could. Join the church, and, brother, I got meaner and meaner and meaner. So I went from bad to worse, bad to worse, bad to worse. Now then, uh, the night that I was converted... In other words, when I went to the church that night, I wanted to go to a swimming pool and carry my girlfriend, and I pitched a cussing fit when my daddy informed me that I had to carry my sister to church. He said, if you don't carry that girl to church, that automobile does not leave this yard tonight. So there I was. What was I to do? I had a date with a girlfriend, not, not uh, my wife. That I, that's my wife now. Thank God I don't have but one. I didn't marry until after I was saved. 
And I'm glad that I didn't, because I might have gotten in trouble. I don't know. God took care of me from that line. I've never been married but once. Thank God for it. God bless you people who may be in trouble. The grace of God is able to save you and, and certainly help you and lead you out of all of your troubles. I don't care what it is. But what I'm saying is this. I was supposed to carry this young lady to the swimming pool uh, on Sunday night. And my daddy said, if you don't take your sister to church, you're not leaving this yard. That car will not leave. So what was I to do? Brother, my back was to the wall. I had a cussing fit, and he threatened to beat me half to death for swearing in front of my sister like I did. So I took my sister and this young lady and went to church. When we got there, I was happy. The thing was packed, jammed, and crammed with people. It was a revival meeting. and God's man was preaching God's word. And I had to stand in the door, and I was so glad. My sister and my girlfriend went on down to the very front seat, but I stood in the doorway that night. Now, I was brought under conviction the Sunday night before, but this is the night I was saved. I stood in the door, and God's preacher, just a dear, humble man of God, in a country church, a good old frame building, I stood in the door, and he preached on the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And he preached me just as close to hell as a preacher can preach a sinner uh, to hell. I could almost smell the flames and hear the cracking of the flames. All right, I stood there, and I trembled, and I knew that I was going to hell. I knew that I was lost. And then he gave the order call. I went down. I went down. I'm sure my sister was praying. My girlfriend wasn't a Christian. She was a good girl, but she wasn't a Christian. And she's not the girl that I married, not, not my wife. I met my wife and married her after I was saved many years, and God called me to preach. But what I'm saying is this. Now listen. I'm sure my sister was praying. And I went down and gave the preacher my hand. He tried to get me to stay, and I wouldn't do it. I said, no, sir. I went back and stood in the door. He gave the altar call. Several were converted, and the crowd was dismissed. I went to the automobile, turned on the radio. And I was listening to some kind of a band or something on the radio. And I planned to go down to the, to the swimming pool afterward. But I turned on the radio, and I was miserable. I was in misery. And my sister stayed in the church and spoke to a lot of people and talked. In about 15 or 20 minutes, I sat in the car waiting. And they were the last ones to come out. Well, just as they came out, I got out of the car and went back in. Now, beloved, honest, I don't know. It, it's, it's amazing how it happened. But I walked back in that church, and I tell you, if somebody had told me when I left home, if somebody had told me that I would have done it, I'd have said, never in this world you couldn't hogtie me and drag me in there. But I walked in. The dear preacher was pulling down the windows, closing up the church by himself. Not a soul in there. God had it all fixed just right. And I said, preacher, I'm lost. He pulled his little black testament out of his lapel pocket and read John 3, 16. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he said, Oliver, he knew me. He knew my name. He knew the family. He said, Oliver, you believe that? I said, Preacher, I've always believed that. I've always believed that God loved the world and Jesus died on the cross. He said, yes, that's a head knowledge, son. He said, that's an intellectual knowledge, and that's all uh, hundreds of church members have. That's all they have. They've got a brain knowledge and a head knowledge and an intellectual religion. But he said, Oliver, that won't save you. He said, you're not saved. You believe that, but that won't save you. But the Bible says if you'll believe on the Son, God will save you. Now he said, listen, son, this is the way you do that. 
He said, believe with your heart. Trust him. Trust him. He said, you're lost, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, you're going to hell, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. I'm lost and on the road to hell. He said, you know it, don't you? I said, yes. And he said, you don't want to go there, do you? I said, no, sir. Well, now he said, listen, son, trust your soul, your inner man, the part of you that will never die. You just say, Jesus, here I am. Save me now. Save me now. Save me now. Redeem me. And wash my sins away. Just say it the best you can in your heart. And I didn't even pray out loud then. I didn't even call on God out loud at that time. And he read that verse again. God so loved the world. John 3.16. Gospel in a nutshell. Amen. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now he said, Oliver, will you give me your hand and will you say, Preacher, with all the faith and understanding, with all the ability, with all my heart, I'll trust him. I'll trust him. And I want to tell you there's a lot of water going over the dam and a lot of water going under the bridge. Been a lot of sunrises and sunsets since that day. But God bless you. I've never doubted the miracle that God worked in my poor lost soul. I went to the car. I wept all the way home, went in my little room, fell down on my knees by the window. And I looked out into the starry night, and I said, God, I said, God, I don't know how to pray, and I don't know what to say, and I don't know how to say what I want to say. You forgive me, but I can't help it. I'm glad I'm not in hell. And if I hadn't have been saved that night, I'd be in the penitentiary of hell one. That's where I'd be right now. I'd be there. Couldn't be anywhere else. I'd be in the pen of hell. But God saved me. I fell down. I looked out into the starry night. And I said, Dear God, I don't know how to pray. And I said, God, I don't know how to say what I want to say. But I said, God, I mean what I said tonight. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Save me. Come into my heart. And he did. Just a few nights later, I went back to the revival. In the same church... And the minister, I went in the prayer room and sat down. And the minister read Romans 10 and 9. And that's the verse that really gave me the blessed assurance of how I was saved. And here's what it says. It's my favorite verse. That if thou, Oliver Green, thou, put your name in there. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him up from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, put your name in there, beloved. Just put your name. That if thou, Oliver Green, put your name there. Bill Smith, Jane uh, Jones, or uh, Sue Brown, or whatever it is. Just put your name in there. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus... Now, what does that mean? Do you believe that Jesus was, the, was God's Christ? Do you believe that he was Lord? Do you believe that Jesus was Lord, the Son of God? Do you believe that? Are you willing to confess it right now? You confess that you believe that he was Jesus, the virgin-born, triune, Son of God. Do you believe that? All right. Now, do you believe they crucified him on a cross? They nailed him to a cross. And he shed his blood. You believe that? You believe he died on that cross? All right. Now then, you believe they buried him? Yes. And you know, we celebrate Easter in this country, and we put a lot of stock in Easter. 
It's supposed to be the day signifying the day the Son of God rose from the dead. Now, do you believe they took him down from the cross, put him in a grave, and on the third day, on the first day, early in the morning, three days, three days after he was buried, early in the morning upon the first day of the week, do you believe he walked out of that tomb? Do you believe he arose from the dead? You say, I certainly do, Brother Green. I certainly do. All right. Listen, God can't lie. The Word of God can't lie. And the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou, Oliver Green, thou. I'll never forget that, dear preacher. He said, put your name there. Oliver Green, confessing with his mouth Jesus as Lord. Believing in his heart, Oliver Green's heart, that God raised up Jesus from the dead. Oliver Green, shout positively. Shout, no maybe so, no hope so, no think so. Oliver Green, shout be saved. I did that over 23 years ago. It's real. I'm not what you'd call a shouting Christian. When I shout, I weep. That's when I shout. I weep. Some people scream. That's all right. They sing. That's all right. They clap their hands. That's all right. I'm not what you'd call a shouting Christian. But I have joy bells in my heart. I have peace in my heart. I don't live on feelings. Someday I don't, some days I don't feel so happy, so good. Other days I feel like I could fly away home. And it's not feelings. It's faith. And it's salvation. Now here it is. Let me finish. Yes, a little over 23 years ago, I was a drunk, a blasphemer, a thief of the worst type. I stood in the church. I listened to God's message, stood in the door. I heard John 3.16. I believed it. I received it. I accepted it. And the preacher took my hand and said, Son, with all of your heart, will you receive him? Will you accept him? Will you believe on him? I did. And he saved me. I haven't touched a drop of liquor since. I'm not a blasphemer. I don't steal. I didn't quit those things to get saved. They dropped off because I was saved. They left me. I didn't leave them. They left me. Beloved, the miracle happened through the power of the gospel. The preacher preached on the wages of sin is death, and I believed it. And I recognized that I was going to hell, and I didn't want to go to hell. I recognized my lost condition. I went to God's minister and I told him. He read John 3.16. I heard the word. I believed the word. And the word of God borned me. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. See? 1 Peter 1.23. The word of God does the borning. Now, I believe the word. I receive the word. And the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God and salvation. Romans 1.16. The gospel is the power. And I received Jesus. So Jesus said, John said, he came into his own, his own received him not. John 1, 11, as many as received him, and that's Oliver Green, as many as received him, to them gave he the power. He gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So I believed John 3.16. I received Jesus of John 3.16. And God, through the power of the Word, born me into 
the family of God. Not by blood, not by flesh, not by the will of man, but God did the morning when I did the believing. And since that night, I've been a different man. I was a changed person. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, all things become new. Now, when you hear of a birth, you think of a new baby. When you hear of a birth, you think of a new life, a new little life. Now, when you're born again, you have a new life. When you're born again, you're made a new creature. And it happens by grace, through faith, the power of the gospel. Not church membership, not religion, not baptism, not good living, not doing good. The thief on the cross looked over at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. All right, friend, are you disturbed? Are you disturbed? Do you have a great big lump in your throat? Do you have an uneasy feeling in your bosom, around your heart? Are you trembling? Have tears been streaming down your face? Are you disturbed? Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Does it trouble you to think of meeting God? If it does, you can be saved, you can be reclaimed right now. I tell you what I want you to do. Bow your head better still if you can. Get down on your knees by the chair. Get down on your knees wherever you are if you can. If you can't, bow your head. Shut your eyes. Come on now. Are you troubled? Do you want to go to heaven? you want to stay out of hell? All right. Shut your eyes. Now, with me, pray these words. Dear God, pray them out loud. Come on, speak them out loud. Dear God, I know I'm lost. I know I've sinned. Pray them right after me. Come on. I know I've sinned. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died to forgive my sin. Have you prayed those words? All right. Now then, pray these words. Lord, save me now. Pray these words. Lord, come into my heart and save my soul now. In Jesus' name. Now pray these words. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Now then, just stand up, and if there's anybody in the house or in the room, if there's not, just stand up and just out loud, just say this. Just repeat this right after me. Stand up. If there's anybody in the room, if there's anybody with you, just say this. I receive Jesus now as my Savior. Say it out loud. I receive Jesus now as my Savior. All right? And say this. I believe He saves me now. On the grounds of the gospel. Amen. Now, if you've said that in a minute, God bless you. I say without hesitation, you're saved. You're saved. Beloved, you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Thank you, Lord, for saving so many souls today. Those who are still in doubt, Help them, Lord, to turn to John 5.24 right now and stand on it. John 5.24, Father, help them to stand on it. And we know they'll never go to hell standing on John 5.24. In Jesus' name, amen.